let's open our Bibles to Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 9. Zephaniah. Zephaniah before Haggai. Haggai before Zechariah. Zechariah before Malachi. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 9. Zephaniah 2 9. If you are there, shout hallelujah. That hallelujah is very cold. Amen. Amen. Therefore, as I live, said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah, even the breeding of nettles and salt pits and a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall spoil them and the remnant of my people shall possess them. Praise the Lord. Uh, we've been looking at uh, Psalm 126 verse 1. That says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were what? We were like them that dream dreams. In the passage we have just read, we see the Lord making a pronouncement against Moab, or let me say against the Moabites, against the Ammonites. And like we highlighted last week, the Moabites and the Ammonites are the descendants of, of who? No. The Moabites and the Ammonites. Descendants of? Of? Bible students. They are descendants of Lot. Amen? So, but at somewhere along the line, they turned against their brothers. You know who Lot is, right? He was the one that Abraham took with him when he, when, when he started his journey. And the Bible says because of Abraham, when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, Lot and those that were listening in his household were saved. They were not destroyed. But there came a point in time that they turned against the descendants of Abraham, specifically the children of Israel. And this was God pronouncing judgment upon them. So last week we said, when there is a great turnaround, that number one, there is a divine visitation. And that number two, God addresses, God takes away the reproach of his people. And today, the third point we want to look at is that when there is a great turnaround, there is a divine transfer. There is what? When there is a great turnaround, there is a divine transfer. A divine transfer. In the passage that we just read, the Lord said Moab and Ammon will be desolate. The Lord now said that Israel will spoil them. In other words, the goods of the Moabites and the Ammonites will be inherited by who? By the children of Israel. That's why the Bible says that the wealth of the Gentiles is reserved for the people of God, for the children of God. But we must be counted worthy to partake in what we, are, what we are referring to here as a transfer. And in this instance, maybe a transfer of wealth. The Bible tells us in the book of Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12 from verse 35 to verse 36, that when Israel came out of Egypt, when Israel came out of captivity, they spoiled the Egyptians. And what does this mean? 
that they spoiled the Egyptians. I mean, they asked for the Egypt, I mean, from the Egyptians for whatever they desired. And the Bible says the Egyptians were urgent upon them and they gave them what they wanted. Exodus chapter 12, verse 35 to 36. Exodus 12, 35 to 36. The children of Israel did according to the words of Moses. They borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, of gold, and raiment. Verse 36. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Now, that the children of Israel spoiled the Egyptians. In other words, that there was a wealth transfer from the, children of, uh, from the Egyptians to the children of Israel was a fulfillment of God's promise unto Abraham. When God spoke to Abraham, he gave him a promise. In Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, from verse 13 to verse 14, the Bible says, God said unto Abraham, Know of a shorty that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and they shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards, they shall come out with what? They shall come out with what? So God, while he was speaking to Abraham of what will happen hundreds of years ahead, already told him that your children are going to be dealt with in the land of Egypt. But after 400 years, when they come out of that land, they will not come out empty. And I pray for someone here today. As you step into the year 2020, you will not go empty. Amen. I said you will not go empty. Amen. You will step into the new year with blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Exodus chapter 3, when God was speaking to Moses, God reiterated that promise that he gave to Abraham. When he spoke to Abraham, he just said they will come out with great substance. Now here they were in the land of Egypt, they were slaves. They had nothing. They had no right. They couldn't demand anything. It's whatever their uh, oppressors gave them that could take. But God spoke when he was uh, talking to Moses. He said, I will give this who favor. Tell somebody favor. favor. As if you mean to say favor. favor. He said, I will give them favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when ye go, you shall not go empty. Tell somebody you shall not go empty. So the assurance that they will not go empty was simply because God said, I will give you favor. It's the favor of God that ensures that you will not go empty. It's the favor of God that ensures that the enemy cannot eternally cheat you. And I speak to somebody's life here today. The enemy will not eternally cheat you in Jesus' name. So in order to partake of this divine transfer that we're talking about, you need favor. You need what? Favor. You need favor. You need favor. How do you get favor? Who gives favor? Who gives favor? Only Sister Mary knows who gives favor. It is God that gives favor. In other words, if God does not give unto you favor, your efforts are in vain. No matter how much you struggle, 
If God does not give you favor, it is what? It is in vain. That's why the Bible says, except the Lord builds the house. What happens to those that labor? They labor in vain. You will not labor in vain in Jesus' name. I said you will not labor in vain in Jesus' name. For God to give you favor, that there may be a divine transfer unto you. God must see in you a brother, a sister, a person that will use the transfer to fulfill his purpose. And that's very important. He must see in you a man, a woman, a brother, a sister with whom he can do business. He must see in you somebody that he can count faithful. When Israel spoiled the Egyptians like we read, it was to provide materials for the construction of the tabernacle in the wilderness. God knew what the children of Israel did not know. That when they get into the wilderness on their way to the promised land, there will be a need to construct a tabernacle. A place where God will meet with his people. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 35, chapter 35, from verse 4 to 5, from verse 4 to 5, Moses spoke to the congregation and he said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Whosoever is what? That's very important. It's an offering that must be given how? Willingly. Not by compulsion. Not because somebody is talking about it. Not because somebody is asking you to do it. Because the Bible says, God loves what? A cheerful giver. Knowing fully well that no, God owes no man anything. True or false? Now, when we say God owes no man anything, what does it mean? It means whatever you give to God, he will give back to you in multiples. In what? God does not give back to you what you have given to him. He gives back to you more than you have given to him. And brethren, the same principle applies to the, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world. The Bible says God so loved the world that he did what? He gave how many children did he give? Only one. He had only one. His most valuable possession. He gave his only begotten son. How many children has he gotten in return? Anybody knows how many? Millions, billions. He gave one. I believe there should be, there should be billions. Either the devil likes it or not. Billions will make heaven in Jesus' name. And you'll be accounted among them in Jesus' name. And that's very important. He gave one that he might get many. The same principle applies to the way that God deals with you and I, brethren. When you give him anything, he ensures that you get back more than what you have given unto him. And so if you are going to enjoy this transfer that we are talking about, it's very simple. Enter into a covenant with the living God. Do what? Enter into a covenant with the living God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. I believe we all know it very well. He says, seek ye forth the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. If the favor of God will avail for you, if God will perfect a transfer into your life, 
You need to enter into a covenant with him. And this covenant is sealed by the blood. Whose blood? The blood of Jesus. That's why he died on the cross of Calvary. To provide the basis. The basis for this covenant. That all you need to do is come in and say, Lord Jesus, I take you as my Lord and personal Savior. I want to enter into this eternal covenant with you. I want my turnaround to be predicated on you. I want my life to be based on what you give. And that's very important. Now we're talking of favor. The children of Israel, they enjoyed the favor of God. God, I mean, God perfected that which concerns them from that moment onward. When you look through the scriptures, you see men and women that equally enjoyed God's favor. That did what? They enjoyed God's favor. An example is Esther. We know the story of Esther very well. Esther was in the land of captivity. Esther was a queen. And the Bible says, at a point in time, a man who had made himself the enemy of the Jews decided that it was time to exterminate all the Jews. That's Haman. And he had this plan. When Esther heard of it, the Bible says Esther sent a message out to Mordecai, her uncle. And said, well, get everybody together. Let them fast. When they fast for three days, no food, no drinks. Amen? Amen. And we have not talked of no food, no drink. I can imagine what the response of some of us would be. If we say fast for three days, no food, no water. What would be the first thing that we will say? What would be the first thing we will say? You want to kill me. <laughs> but then, th there were two options. It's either you fast not to die, or you do what? Or you do what? Or you die. In the case of Esther, is that not so? It's either you fast for three days so that you will not die, or don't fast, and in a few days you do what? You die. I mean, when men find themselves in such a situation, uh, they, of course, they will fast. They will fast by all means. The Jew shared a story with us of a particular man who was told to fast. He said this was during the Nigerian Civil War. He was told to fast. The, the war was coming to his village. And they told him to fast. And he said, I, I'm, I mean, in this time, I cannot fast. Then what happened? The war came to his village. And as he was running to escape from the war, he fell into a pit. And he was glad he fell into a pit. For the next seven days, he was inside that pit. Did he have any food to eat? Was there water for him to drink? But when he came out, he thanked God. Because that was what saved his life. Esther went to the people and said, let's fast for three days. And the Bible says on the third day, tell somebody on the third day, on the third day, Esther went before the king. In Esther chapter 4, verse 16, she said, Gather all the Jews that are present in the capital. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink three days or night. I will also fast. 
And then she made a statement at the end. She said, if I perish, I do what? Did she perish? Did she perish? That's why we're talking about her today. The Bible says on the third day, when you go to Esther chapter 5 verse 1, Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house. Against, I mean, and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. Verse 2. When the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, that she did what? She obtained favor. She obtained favor. So, Esther needed favor to be able to achieve her purpose of delivering Israel. She fasted for three days. If she had not obtained favor before the king on that day, what would have happened? She would have been killed. That was the law. Nobody comes before the king except the person is what? Invited. But she needed, the Bible says the king's matter requires urgency. She needed to go before the king. She fasted. On the third day, she went. She obtained favor with the king. You will obtain favor today in Jesus' name. Daniel, you know the story very well. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 to 9. The Bible says Daniel proposed in his heart not to defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now look at verse 9. That's very important. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor. Tell somebody favor. And tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Do you know, brethren, there are men and women that God wants to bless. But we are very indisciplined. We are very what? Indisciplined. You eat just anything. Anything, so long as it looks like food, will end up where? In your stomach. So long as it looks like food, bring it on. And you know, when God knows that you cannot control your appetite, and he knows that when you get to a point in life, they will give you poison. And he knows you cannot prevent yourself from doing what? He will say, no. I better prevent him or her from getting to that point. And you begin to quarrel with God. But yet you don't want to, lie. You don't want to die. God has prevented you from dying, but you are quarreling with God. Uh, what you need to quarrel with is your indiscipline. Is your stomach. Any man, any woman that is ruled by his stomach is on a dangerous slope. Tell somebody dangerous slope. Don't wait until the church says we are fasting tomorrow. Once in a while, make up your mind, I will fast today. Amen? Amen. One of the things we learned in our workers in training is that a worker must fast how often? At least how often? At least once a week. At least once a week. Just make up your mind. At least once a week. I want to, I want to pray. Without thinking of Tim Hortons. Without thinking of, uh, what, what, what are the other names? McDonald's. Instant coffee. KFC. <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. Amen. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Daniel saw food. Remember, brethren, Daniel was a slave in Babylon. He was what? And he made up his mind. I know that these things are so inviting, so beautiful, so wonderful, but I won't eat it. Because the God I serve will not approve of me eating these things. 
And God went ahead of him and granted him favor. When you make up your mind to discipline yourself, favor is already waiting for you. And I pray for someone here today. As you step into the new year, favor is waiting for you. As you step into the new year, favor will accompany you. Whatever you desire, the favor of God will release unto you in Jesus' name. What of Nehemiah? What of Nehemiah? Nehemiah needed favor. What was his own problem? Nehemiah heard that the wall of Jerusalem was broken down. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. They told Nehemiah, the remnants that are left of the captivity, they are in, the, they are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. The gates are burned with fire. When Nehemiah heard these things, the Bible says, he said, I sat down, I wept, I mourned certain days, I fasted, I prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah was concerned for the state of Jerusalem. So that's the city of my God. That's the city of my father. It cannot remain that way. And he prayed. And the Bible says what happened? He found favor with the king. When you go to Nehemiah chapter 2 from verse 4 to verse 8, we're not going to read it. But you can read it when you get home. Nehemiah 2 verses 4 to 8. Nehemiah told the king, when the king saw that Nehemiah was sad, he said, why are you sad? He said, how can I be happy? I'm in the king's palace here. I'm only a privileged slave. But the land of my fathers is broken down. The people there are in reproach. And then the king said unto him, what do you want? If the Lord were to ask you today, what do you want? What would you tell him? What do you want? And Nehemiah told him, I want to go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He said, is that all? I said, I need more. Give me a note to the governors in the land that they will, they will help me, they will protect me to get there, and they will give me provision from the king's treasury. Did he get what he desired or not? He got it. That is favor. Tell me that is, that is favor. Nehemiah went and rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem, not with any personal contribution or anything. The government paid for it. Brethren, God is not limited. Tell somebody God is not limited. He can use anyone and anything to fulfill his purpose. And that's why favor comes in. Remember that story where that, uh, one of our pastors shared with us some time ago of the woman who was in our office that they never promoted her. For more than maybe 10 years, I don't know how many years, she was not promoted. And the only reason she was not promoted was because what? She was a child of God. She was a visible child of God. You know, some of us, we are hidden children of God. Right? Some of us even go to extra length to make sure they don't know we are Christians. But this lady was a visible child of God. And because of that, they refused to promote her. And then there was a board meeting. And there was a man in the board who was an atheist. Somebody who does not believe in God. And they got to that board meeting that day and they said, why is it that this lady has not been promoted? Everybody has been promoted except her. Said, so we need to see her file. 
And they said they couldn't locate our file. And the man said, if we don't get our file here today, we are not continuing with this meeting. And they is an atheist. You know, one thing with people that don't believe in God is that one of the reasons they say they don't believe in God is so that they are not accountable to anybody. That's the reason they say they don't believe in God. How can I be accountable to someone I don't see? So, the members of the board knew that except we attend to this man, we are going nowhere. They went and fished that lady's file out. And that day, she got double promotion. Now, after the board meeting, they told her, this is the man that fought for you. And she went and met him and said, ah, thank you, sir. God bless you. And the man looked at her and said, lady, what did I do for you? So, I was told, you fought for me. And you know what the man said? He said, I don't like you. I hate you. I don't want to see you. Why did it happen that way? So that she would know that it was God. Amen? She was promoted because that man stood his guy. Because God knew that the man that can take a stand that nobody will stand against him is this man. And God used him. I want to tell someone here today. I don't know what your situation is. But God can use anyone for you. In fact, the man that is the strongest opposition to your promotion, God can use him for you. That is favor. Receive that favor in Jesus' name. Amen. I said receive that favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Nehemiah found favor. And he went, he rebuilt the one of Jerusalem, and he came back. What of Joseph? What of Brad Joseph? We know the story of Joseph very well. Joseph was a diligent young man in the house of his master. And as a result, he found favor with his master. And he was promoted about every other person except his master's wife. But his master's wife did not realize that they did not promote Joseph above her. Above her. We know the rest of the story. But the key thing is that Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 to 4 says, The Lord was with Joseph. Tell somebody, God is with me. Some people are not sure. I said, Say, God is with me. Now tell your neighbor, God is with you. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And you know what? His master saw. His master did what? Remember where we started. Psalm 126 verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that did what? That dream. It was the heathen that first said, God has done great things for them. Before we even began to give our testimonies, God will give you a testimony. Amen. Some people's testimonies are hidden. Yours will be open. Amen. In fact, before you begin to testify, men will come and tell you, I, I can see that God has done something for you. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. God was with Joseph. His master saw that the Lord was with him. And that God made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. When Joseph got to the prison, he continued to find favor. In Genesis 39, 21 to 23. 21 to 23. The Bible says the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed the other prisoners into the hand of Joseph. 
Everywhere Joseph went, he, he had favor. God gave him favor. In Proverbs 22, verse 29, and that's very important. Proverbs 22, verse 29. He says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? It's a question. Is there any man diligent in his business? Is there any woman diligent in her business? Is there anyone who is a true example of a Christian? Do you know, brethren, that these days, brethren don't want to work, do business with Christians? True or false? These days, Christians don't want to do business with Christians. Because when you said, I mean, when you have an agreement with them, they will be the one to go and uh, what? Circumvent. I think you are in the spirit. They will be the ones to cut you down. They will be the ones to tell you business apart, what? Christianity apart. That's why that passage says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? It's a question. How many diligent men are there? How many diligent women are there? How many brethren? can be counted as ambassadors of the living God in their place of work. If you are diligent, the Bible says you will stand before kings. I pray for someone here today. You will stand before kings. I said you will stand before kings. Remember one thing. Joseph one day was the leader of the slaves. He was the head slave. But because of his diligence and the favor of God, when diligence meets with favor, that's a wonderful combination. Nobody can limit you. You will not be limited in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not be limited in Jesus' name. Amen. In each of these situations, God granted favor because his purpose needed to be fulfilled. When you stand for the cause of God, he grants you favor to fulfill divine expectation. I want to ask somebody a question today. Do you need favor? Some of us are not even sure. Do you need favor? Or maybe I should say, do you want favor? Everyone in the every one of those individuals we have talked about, they faced a, a problem, a battle, a situation which could not be overcome except they, they obtained God's favor. Without favor, brethren, Israel would have left Egypt empty-handed. And that means when Israel left Egypt, when they got to the wilderness, the tabernacle would not be constructed. What does, what does a slave have to start bringing gold and silver and uh, all those things they needed for the, construction, for, the, for the work of construction, I mean, for what God needed? Without favor, Daniel would have been forced to defile himself. But with favor, he was able to overcome. Without favor, brethren, Joseph could have been forgotten in the dungeon. In the dungeon. You go to your place of work. Many of us have this experience. You have all the qualifications. But because your degree was obtained in Jamaica. Because you have brought a, a, a degree from University of Kingston. There is University of Kingston, right? <laughs> okay. And then they look at you and say, oh no, you don't have Canadian experience. 
So instead of putting you on level 10, we start with you on level 4. And you look at the wide gap. You need favor to overcome. You will overcome in Jesus' name. Yeah. I said you will overcome in Jesus' name. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Many a times it looks as if it's impossible. But there's a way God can make the journey of 10 years to become the journey of 10 months. There's a way he can make the journey of 10 years to become even the journey of 10 weeks. Is that not so? He will make a way for you. He will make room for you. So many of us can relate with the situation of Joseph. He could have been forgotten in the dungeon, but God knew how to make room for him. When I came to this country and I started working in one accounting firm, I mean, no, not as an accountant somewhere. What God used to make way for me is very simple. You know what they call bank reconciliation? Those of us that know accounting, it's one of the simplest things anybody will ever do. Ordinary bank reconciliation. Just put all the expenses together. This is bank statement. This is, a, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the GL balance. These are the checks that have not been cashed. And it is balanced. <laughs> but you know, they sent me a, 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 as a temporary employee to one company. And my boss had tried to do that reconciliation for about two weeks without being able to do it. And when I got there, you know, those of us that are familiar with uh, God's own country called Nigeria, when we do accounting there, we start with what is called incomplete records. They will give you the barest minimum of information. You will reconstruct it. So I was given what my boss could not do. And brethren, within two days, I had reconciled the, 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 the thing. She was so surprised. She looked at it. This thing was balanced. I was supposed to be in that company for one week. But that one week or two weeks. Because they had employed someone else to come. I was just there as a stand-in. I stayed in that company for three years because of that simple bank reconciliation. God will grant you favor. Yeah. I said, God will grant you favor. Yeah. Without that favor, Nehemiah would not have been allowed by the king to go back and build the wall of Jerusalem. Nor will he have had the resources from the king to build that wall. Without that favor, Esther would have been killed. And the story will be different today. I speak to somebody's life here today. I say, receive favor. Amen. I say, receive favor. Amen. I say, whatever pertains to you, receive that favor today in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the midst of obstacles and difficulties, receive favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Because when there is a great turnaround, there is a divine transfer. And God has proposed a divine transfer for you this season. Receive it in Jesus' name. But when you look at the individuals we have spoken about that obtain favor, there are four attributes about them. Number one, if you are going to obtain favor, you must be diligent. You must be what? Be diligent. It's very important. Because if you are not diligent and God releases his favor upon you, what will happen? You will be a disgrace to God. Is that not so? God will open the door for you and then they will say, ah, where did this? In fact, you will be the one to block the door for others. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. You must be diligent. Brethren, you don't need to know everything. You are diligent. You are a child of God. They will give you 
things you don't know, God will give you the wisdom to solve it. Amen. I said, God will give you the wisdom to solve it. Amen. I think I've shared this testimony of one of our brothers here. I know him. So it's not a story. I know the brother. He lives in Brampton. The job he got as a manager in an IT company, when he went for the interview, he said they would ask him questions, they would tell him the answer. Yes. They would ask him a question and they would do what? They would tell him the answer. So they gave him the job as the manager of, the, of, the, of that IT department. When he, when he started the job, he said he was the least knowledgeable of all the employees. Does that make sense to you? He was the manager. All the people that were reporting to him, they did what? They knew more than him. So when they come for group meeting, say, yeah, how do we do this? Somebody will say, oh, sure, that's a good idea. Any other person? So he was just taking what they were given. That brother is still in that company today. This thing I'm telling you happened more than 10 years ago. God gave him favor. He was diligent. God established him. God will give you favor. Amen. I said God will give you favor. Amen. But you must be diligent. You must be diligent. Number two, you must propose in your heart not to defile yourself. You must do what? Purpose in your heart. It's very important that the purpose is where? It's in your heart. It's you saying, I will not defile myself. I'm a child of the living God. I know who I am. I know where I'm coming from. I know where I'm going. Brethren, remember the word of the Lord to us in, uh, in, during the, uh, the program we had in September. He said, this, this church is a church of millionaires. You have, if you are not diligent and you are not proposing your heart not to be defiled, God will bring others and they will come and take it to. They won't take it from you in Jesus' name. Purpose in your heart. There will be occasions for you to deny your God because of a hundred thousand dollars. But if you hold on to this God, He will give you a million dollars. Brethren, that is our God. Our God is the God that sees in secret and rewards how? Openly. So number one, be diligent. Number two, purpose in your heart not to defy yourself. Number three, pray and fast. Tell somebody, pray, pray. and fast. There's no shortcut. Oh. You are a child of God. God wants to do some things for you. But as God is interested in you, the devil is also interested in you. And it is a known fact that what we don't uh, work for, we don't appreciate. Is that also? Pray and fast. God will give it to you. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And then number four, ensure that you are working to divine expectation. Divine what? God favored the children of Israel. He gave them the silver and gold and everything because they needed it to build this tabernacle. If God says, there is a need in my house, and you are the one I want to use to meet the need, and I say, release of favor upon your life, and you get those things, when the time arises, will you be available, or will you be telling us stories? That is a challenge. Ensure that you are working with divine. In other words, Somebody needs to tell God today that, Lord, if you do it for me, I will do so and so in your house. I will do so and so for you. We talk of 
bringing our tithes to the house of God. Many of us don't even bring our tithes to the house of God. We have not even started. Because that's the starting point. That's the starting point. God has blessed you. He wants to see your faithfulness. When he sees your faithfulness, he will take you higher. Brandon, he, the Bible says the eyes of God do what? They go to and fro. He's looking for one man. How many? One man, one woman. How many will you find in this church today? He's looking for only one. He relates with us one-on-one. -on -one. If he finds you faithful, he will do business with you. God will find you faithful in Jesus' name. Finally, when you look at our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus increased in favor with God and with man. From childhood, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, he did what? Jesus did what? He increased in favor with God and with man. And when you look at those four attributes I listed above there, you will see that every one of them applied to Jesus. Number one, Jesus was diligent. He was what? He was diligent. In John chapter 9 verse 4, John chapter 9 verse 4, Jesus said, John chapter 9 verse 4, He said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can walk. Jesus was diligent. I want you to ask your neighbor, are you diligent? Somebody is afraid to ask. Ask your neighbor, are you diligent? It's a very important question. Jesus said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. Because brethren, the night cometh when no man can walk. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, unto the Son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Now look at verse 9. It says, thou hast loved righteousness. Thou hast loved what? And hated iniquity. He said, therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness, Above thy fellows. God, thy God has anointed. Because you do what? You loved righteousness and you hated iniquity. That is diligence. That is why uh, Joseph said, How can I sin? I mean, do this sin and do I mean do this and sin against who? Against God. He didn't say I'm going to sin against my master. He said, I cannot sin against God. Diligence. Number two, Jesus did not defile himself. He did not do what? He did not defile himself. In Matthew chapter 3, I mean Matthew chapter 4 rather, Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, the Bible says, the tempter came to him, came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. What was his answer? Man shall not live by bread alone. Exactly. Bread is not everything. Tell somebody, bread is not everything. Maybe we should put it better still. Because somebody will say, me, I don't eat bread. Yeah, I watch my... And not, you are in the spirit. Say, food is not everything. There are times we must, I mean, we must get to that point. You know, once in a while, you are very hungry. You are very famished. And you want to eat. And you just hear that voice saying... Don't eat yet. What will you say? 
So this food, <laughs> I remember one story that the Geo shared with us. He went to the village. He went to see his, I mean, to see his people. And when he got there, they prepared pounded jam. For those of us that know what pounded jam is, with bush meat. That is a, a what's the word for bush meat? That's assorted, esoteric. What's another word for it? <laughs> Wonderful meat, not common, uncommon meat. And as he was about to eat, the Lord told him, don't eat yet. Ah, he said, God, I have to eat this one. <laughs> ah, the Lord kept quiet and he ate. He said as soon as he was finishing the food like this, they came and told him that his sister was about to die. He said, ah, and he knew God told him, don't eat. What did he do? He ran to the back of the house, put his hand in his mouth. <laughs> put his hand and said, ah, whatever I have eaten, must, must come out. God have mercy. Because those of us that know pounded jam, it's a heavy food, heavy meal. When we eat it with, oh, not this one that you put in, all this small, uh, well, uh, all, this thing they call wrap, that you take it two or three and the things will, no. You, somebody understand what I'm saying. They put it in bowl, good food. You know, the mountain that you won't even know that uh, Gochuku is on the other side of the mountain. <laughs> Amen. He went and he put his hand in his mouth so that he would get rid of as much of it as possible. And of course, he began to ask for mercy. But thank God, he went and prayed for his sister. She got well. But he learned his lesson. Once in a while, once in a while, you need to realize that man does not live. By what? By bread alone. Amen. <laughs> he did not defile himself. Number three, Jesus prayed and fasted. He did what? The Bible says before he started his ministry, he fasted for how many days? 40 days. 40 days. Bro, we're only telling you to fast for one day. As you say, you, you cannot live without a Starbucks. Jesus fasted 40 days. Not just 40 days, though. And what? You know, these days, you know, this thing they call six to six. They say, you're you only, I mean, you break at six, and then you make sure everything you did not eat, morning, <laughs> you eat everything very well before you go to bed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, at least you start somewhere. Eventually, you'll get the good revelation. <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, tells that, all, tells that to us. So, Jesus prayed, he fasted. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Mark 1.35, the Bible says in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went into a solitary place. And there he did what? He prayed. Finally, he was completely yielded to the will of God. Jesus was completely what? Yielded to the will of God. In Matthew 26, 37 to 39, in the garden of death, say many, when he went to pray, he said, Lord, if you, if you, if you can, take this cup away from me. And then he said what? Not my will, but yours be done. He knew what the flesh wanted. But he said, Father, let your will be done. No wonder the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. But I'm going to read from verse 9. It said, Wherefore God had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. 
And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There was a divine transfer, brethren, of authority in the heavenlies because Jesus obtained favor. He was diligent. He was prayerful. He was disciplined. He realized that food is not everything. And he allowed God to have his way. I pray for someone here today. God will have his way in your life. Amen. I say God will have his way in your life. Uh, it, at times, of course, when I'm talking about being disciplined, it's because it's not easy. But as a child of God, God is with you. Is he not with you? Tell somebody God is with you. God is with you. He is the one that will ensure that it comes to pass. When there is a great turnaround, brethren, there is a divine transfer. And I pray today God will find you worthy. I pray today God will find you faithful. I pray today that the favor of God will follow you from this place. That every mountain in your life, God himself will level it in Jesus' name. 